is a unique oh hold on. hello everyone welcome to we did it health to our saturday speaker series my name is sally lipsky and i am an educational advisor and volunteer with the we did it health organization but i also work with the plant pure community organizations so today we have a unique situation where we're melding the two of these wonderful organizations and we have just wonderful people on here that you're going to hear from about the importance of community community is the march theme for the we did it health speakers workshops and events that they're holding so I'm going to start today with just a few slides on community, and then you're going to hear from each leader of four separate communities, and then we will have a group roundtable discussion and time for question and answer. So please, if you do have questions, you can put them in the comments section and we will get to them. But let me start with the idea of why community is so important. And I love this survey because I refer to it a lot, even though it's 11 years old, that it says that 10% of adults who are used to be vegetarian or vegan reverted back. The main reason they started eating animal products because they felt so isolated, so not involved with people. They didn't have a support system and that can be, we all know how isolating that can be. So as we like to say, it is that nurturing ecosystem with sharing a sense of camaraderie, sharing a sense of belonging, as sharing a sense of a community of healthful habits that reinforces the idea that veganism and plant-based eating is the norm. It is okay, and not is okay, but it is fantastic, okay? So we feel more accepted, we feel more shared, and we feel more confident when we are part of a community, and that's why it is key. It can be really the key thing to sustaining veganism or plant-based lifestyle. So there are four key factors that bring people into community. The first one is obvious. They're an interest around a shared topic, shared passion. The second one is the idea of doing something that acting upon the shared passion or interest. The third is a placement within a geographical boundaries. However, as you're going to hear from the groups, and we know that with online, virtual, Zooming, StreamYard, whatever, these geographic boundaries have expanded over the years. And fourth is doing the same activities, putting it into practice. So given these four key points, there is one organization that really checks all the boxes. And I can see my check mark is off center here on StreamYard, but it is the Plant Pure communities with their Plant Pure pods. And pods are really um, grassroots groups that are all around a shared interest in whole food, plant-based lifestyle, um, using a sense of health, creating health within our families, our friends, but our communities within the pod. They are worldwide, each of the pods. We, as you hear, we're from four different communities, um, but I'll show you a map on the next slide that this is a worldwide organization. And key here is that the pods, the leaders put whole food plant-based eating into practice. That is the potlucks, the cooking demonstration, recipes, 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 um, community outreach. You're connecting with people 
like-minded people within your geographical boundary and beyond. So, Plant Peer Communities was established in 2015 by Nelson Campbell. He had the movie Plant Pure Nation, which really implored people, demonstrated and implored people that to change how we view food and health, it is a grassroots effort. And so he formed this nonprofit called Plant Pure Communities as a way to support and advocate for local groups called pods and where they can meet and where they can learn and where they can share and where we can spread the word about the power of whole food plant-based eating. And as you see, I put um, just part of the map up on the left side of the slide and it has all these dots just in, this is in North America and there's some Mexico there, but I didn't put, as I said, it is worldwide um, for pods. You will find that if you're interested, you can go to the Plant Pure Communities and we can talk more at the end if you have more questions about, I saw someone saying you're working to make a new pod and they, they have a um, area there that if you can either join a pod or create a pod, So that gives you an overview. And now I'm going to just start the sharing part that will go around to each of the four pods. And I'll start with Plant Bates Pittsburgh because that I am the leader. Um, and I have my co-leaders online because I see she's making so many wonderful com um, comments. Um, Brittany Giroudi and Plant Bates Pittsburgh. I actually started it in 2014 even before the Plant Pure Nation, because I was at that point teaching a lot of, uh, trying to spread the word in, in my community with classes, with presentations at um, community centers, adult learning classes, libraries, wherever I could. And at one, at the end, the last of one of the classes, somebody said to me, now what, how do we? And I said, you're right, we need to meet. So at that point, I local library, I found a space, which was very fortunate that we'll talk about about finding a free space. But I just this is on the eastern suburbs of Pittsburgh. And at that point, I had a dozen people on my email list because every time I made a presentation, every time I did anything, I would take their emails and it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And so our main key thing is monthly meetings. I had for COVID four different areas in the city where people would lead, different people would lead a monthly meeting. And we know COVID hit. And so that now we have two, we have a South Pittsburgh, we have an East Pittsburgh, but we Zoom. We, and that's where our geographical area has really grown. And um, so we do the practical lifestyle changes that come with it. I do a newsletter every month that I keep on uh, telling people about this is today, this events, recipes, information, I call it news you can use. Um, we keep a directory, we keep lots of recipes, lots and lots of recipes. And then of course, community outreach. We do that too with healthcare providers, with something like um, food pantries. We did two food pantries connected with um, the local veg festivals. And as much as we can to spread the word about plant-based eating. And this became because we wanted to do some jump starts and really it became a money aspect because we offer things for free. So it is an all volunteer and I established it as a nonprofit in 2018, which allowed us to get some donations and some grant money to do more and to reach out more. So I'm, I am, that's my overview of Plant-Based Pittsburgh and that 12 people right now, every month reach about 3000 people on the mound. So it's, it's really, um, it's, as you said, people want to know, and that's very exciting. 
So I am now going to turn over and you're going to hear from Plant Pure Capital Region, the two leaders there. So welcome. And they will introduce themselves and tell them about their group. Hi, Sally and everybody. Thank you. I'm Stephanie Williams. This is my husband, Justin. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're the leaders of uh, Plant-Based Capital Region, which is located um, in the area of Albany, New York. Um, and we um, serve not just Albany, but also Schenectady and Troy, which are local cities, and, and really kind of branch out um, through like kind of most of the central central New York around Albany. Um, so a pretty large area. Um, we were started in 2020 actually by another uh, individual, Carrie, who um, did a great job of starting the Facebook group online and getting the pod established. And then um, she uh, had to step away from leadership of the group. And Justin and I were uh, new to whole food plant-based eating and, and felt really passionate about this healthy lifestyle. So uh, we agreed to help her to help her lead the group. So we kind of took over leadership um, at the beginning of last year in January of 2022. Um, so since that time, um, it's been a journey. We had a, a pretty busy um, first year as leaders. Um, do you want to talk about some of our usual oh, activities? Absolutely. Well, um, what we started getting involved with was just trying to build our, uh, you know, kind of see like who would engage the most. So we started a uh, regular potluck, uh, which has been going strong for the past six months. Mm -hmm. Six. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm bad at math. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, uh, from there, we also had a partnership with our local vegan network, the Capital Region Vegan Network, uh, which allowed us to kind of um, have like a presence at the Albany Veg Fest in the fall of 2022. Um, we were able to uh, get uh, T. Colin Campbell uh, to to be a speaker there, uh, and Brittany Giroudi was a presenter. <laughs> um, so we were able to... Uh, just have a presence there and it kind of helps build our community a little bit, just having um, people there for whole food plant-based and getting to know that there was like a, a pod uh, that they could uh, come to. <laughs> uh, their, their people were there. <laughs> hmm. um, and uh, we also, uh, we have like a virtual events where we um, use the group um, knowledge to, uh, Go over, go over some things like we've had like um, one of our members presented on uh, canning and fermentation. Uh, we had a presentation on composting. And we also have a regular book club where we kind of like go over some whole food plant-based books. Um, and we have one upcoming that's actually going to be uh, international. <laughs> so... Yeah, we have the opportunity to partner with um, because of plant peer communities and the and the uh, pod leader activities that they do. We had the opportunity to partner with um, a, a um, pod over in the UK. So we get to have a, a book club with them. So that's been pretty neat. And we also have um, partner with a local animal sanctuary to do regular activities. Um, we're hoping to expand that to the, I've been doing most of that, but we're hoping to expand that to the group. Uh, we got a grant through the Center for Nutrition Studies. And um, so we're doing a gardening, whole food, plant-based cooking, et cetera, um, kind of course series uh, upcoming. So slowly moving out into community outreach as well. Yeah, I love the idea how you're illustrating the connections that one community can make with other communities who even on, like you said, animal sanctuaries, somebody in outside the geographical with a shared. But it really, being in a community offers all kinds of connections and possibilities. And the other comment I want to make is it's so nice to see males. You have We're going to have two males and today that are part of leadership with this whole food plant base because it's not the usual. So yeah, that's nice to see. For sure. 
So thank you, Stephanie and Justin. And I'm going to move on now to our next pod. This is the Dallas-Fort Worth. And they'll tell you they're going to have a um, plant-based Dallas-Fort Worth. So I'll move on and I'll have the next two leaders introduce themselves and tell them, tell you a little bit about them. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Dr. Riz Rizwan Bukhari. I'm a vascular surgeon in the Dallas area, but I go by Dr. Riz. Maya. Uh, Maya Costa, my wife. Uh, I'll let her. I'll let her uh, give us some introductions here. She's really one, uh, the primary driving force, the organizer, and so I'll let her talk to talk about it. Then I'll give my two cents. Yeah. Um, so just like you said, Sally, you know, the world before the pandemic was, um, we had a really nice momentum. We partnered with the library um, who said, hey, we want these adult education classes in our library. So they would sponsor us and, and you know, announce our events to um, everyone else at the library and even bring out books that pertain to plant-based nutrition. So we had a really nice thing of offering their uh, panel discussions, movie screenings, lectures, uh, potlucks, and um, and then we are part of Walk with the Doc, and we're still part part of Walk with the Doc, and so that's been in a way how initially how we got started was that Riz and I learned about this information, and then we said we need to tell the patients, his patients need to know this information, and then um, it. it it dawned on us that the best way to help people become a patient of RISES, in other words, not have advanced chronic diseases like his patients, the best way is to provide this information to, um, to people who still have time to make significant changes in their lifestyle. Yeah, so actually we started uh, as a community, it was at that time called Plant-Based DFW, and we were not part of Plant Pure. Um, it was something that we started on our own, and we 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 saw a need uh, back in 2016 or 17 uh, that Dallas didn't have a unified plant-based community. Uh, and when we started to create that, we people were coming quote coming out of the woodwork. I think they were starving for that community and looking for those connections, uh, which which you Sally have mentioned is so important. And uh, and so it grew. It grew quite nicely. And then when we found out about Plant Peer uh, Nation and Plant Peer Communities, we thought this is just uh, perfect. Uh, we'd be a perfect victim. We became a part of that. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, some of our outreach actually first started with just working within my practice and trying to teach my patients how not to, uh, how not to get the disease I treat. Uh, and then we uh, uh, saw a bigger calling uh, where uh, we started uh, working with the community and doing those things like Maya said, which was the, uh, um, we, we, we would get guest speakers or, or give talks at the library or do movie screenings or arrange potlucks. So uh, it was, uh, and it was a lot of fun for us too, because uh, that isolation you talked about, we were there. Uh, we were kind of all, all alone. And, and when we started to do this, uh, we started to create friendships and relationships and got to know other people all over the area uh, who ha were like-minded and who also wanted to uh, have that community. And just to, um, uh, you sort of alluded to a name change so we're going through. So I guess I'll just kind of mention it right now that um, in 2018, I started the podcast with the idea, two things. I thought, well, if patients can't come to our events, they can listen to the podcast. And number two, I wanted to highlight game changers in our area, in our city. And then when the pandemic hit, it just seemed I was already on Zoom doing my interviews and it just seemed like that was the best place for me to continue my outreach. So today, uh, the podcast does contain two episodes a week. One has um, nutrition information and tips so that people can still listen and have an idea of, you know, how to do their groceries or things like that. I give those tips. And then starting next week, Riz will join me briefly on Mondays and he uh, his segments will be titled Doctor in the Office. And he'll just be answering those concerns that people have about going plant based and about chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis. Um, so the podcast has really become a tremendous way for us to outreach. That's a funny story. We actually started the podcast together back in 2018. I can remember the first one we did. Uh, and uh, and then I wasn't able to devote the time to be a regular host. Uh, so uh, I, I, I kind of stepped back and Maya really took the, the took the ball and ran with it. 
and has produced, you know, she's well over 250 episodes now. Uh, it's, uh, uh, that's quite a milestone. And, um, and now I get to be invited back as a guest on my own podcast, which, uh, is, it's a lot easier for me. I don't do, I don't have to do much of the work. She does all the work and then I just get to come in and, and join in and have fun. I love this. And I wanted just to plug Maya's pub because healthy lifestyle solutions, Maya, you do an exceptional job of really knowing your background and being able to let the guests shine and share their knowledge. And I love the idea of Dr. Riz coming on because so many people want to hear from a doctor's point of view, a physician's point of view. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Oh, let me just, I, I forgot to mention that will be the name of uh, our pod as well, Healthy Lifestyle Solutions. Both Riz and I learned about lifestyle medicine. Riz went and became boarded in lifestyle medicine. And so we, uh, my guests do touch on various aspects of health on the podcast. And so it just made sense just to have the one name, Healthy Lifestyle Solutions for the podcast and for our local pod, which is now, uh, you know, outreaching outside of that. Yeah, we're kind of in that transition phase where we're changing the name. I, I wanted to get back a little bit to the to the, uh, to the pod. And it, very interestingly enough, uh, uh, we were doing all those events and uh, uh, we were quite busy. Uh, it was literally three or four events a month, which uh, was challenging because it kept us busy. But at the same time, it was very rewarding because we were uh, really involved and had a lot of community uh, and then, of course, then the pandemic hit. Uh, and, and that changed everything because we went from all of these uh, in-person events to having to find different ways uh, to try to try to keep that community. And so we did start uh, working more through Zoom. Uh, and uh, uh, and so it, it's it's been a challenge. Uh, uh, we we got involved in doing zoom interviews zoom talks things like that but then um uh, now now that i say that we're in in a sense coming out on the other side i'm really excited about the opportunity that we are now starting to do some more in-person events uh and uh uh it's been mm -hmm. it's been so satisfying to to be back together with people again there's a there's definitely i think we'll all agree there's definitely an energy from in person mm -hmm. yeah and as somebody commented in the chat, I see this food does not travel via internet. And you're absolutely no. correct. Yeah, that was Carol, Carolina from Houston. Oh, yeah, that she's, Carolina? I can yeah. see you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I believe we are going, you're going to talk about challenges a little bit later, yes. but um, I agree with Riz. Very excited to be here. Great. And now we'll go to our last group. We have Plant Powered Metro New York. And Lynn, oh, yeah, you're introducing yourself, yes, and you yeah. can talk about this is a huge organization. It, well, it's been growing. So we, we were the um, coming together of one, what was a dormant pod in Manhattan and three existing pods in uh, Long Island, the Bronx, and Queens. Uh, Le Leanna Levine Reisner, who couldn't be here this morning, was the inspiration. Um, she's our director now, and I, I joined her at the outset. Um, the other pod leaders were really ex excited to join with us and expand what we were doing. Um, very soon we incorporated, and then about after a year, we registered as a 501c3. So we define metro area very broadly. Um, it includes the four of the boroughs of New York City, all of Long Island, Westchester, Westchester County, and the near counties of New Jersey and Connecticut. And people who have been um, interested in, in the pod network have been very um, happy to, to join with us and, and join up with our resources. We take a, a network approach to our work rather than actually a regional approach. We organize ourselves by role and by skill rather than by location, which, um, reduces duplication and increases our efficiency. Um, we create pro resources and program models for each other and we share what we learn. Uh, also collaboration lightens the load for any one pod leader. Um, we 
we're stronger together um, while we also continue to encourage local activities. So we can, as a group, we can accomplish bigger act initiatives such as we do jump starts, we bring in national speakers, and we've been getting some significant grants. Um, uh, we can do that better with a larger footprint. But still, we have local restaurant dinner socials, we have visits together to green markets. We did a series of restaurant progressive meals recently. We do potlucks. Um, and really, we can create any event that a volunteer member wants to create. Um, the largest part of our work is probably our community outreach and development. And I think we'll be talking more about that a bit later. Another uh, main activity of ours is education, both in nutrition and in cooking skills for both the public and private audiences. Um, our, we define public as having an event that we promote and our private audiences, uh, private work, which has become very extensive, is where we go out into the community and do a program within an organization like a senior center or a community center or a Y or something like that. For us, initiating um, behavior change is very important um, as part of our outreach. And for that, we do a monthly getting started uh, webinar. Um, we have online jumps, well, now they're online. We started them in person. Uh, we do online jump starts four to six times a year. And we also provide a mentorship program to um, anyone who's interested. Um, and these all help people uh, to improve their skills, their confidence, and to stay the path. At the same time, we are doing regular ongoing activities. Um, I mentioned the Getting Started program. We have a book club. We have a nutrition support group. Um, we have a, we've had since the beginning of the pandemic a virtual potluck. It actually works, <laughs> um, and we do a, lo a lot of virtual cooking demos um, in our in our on our social media platforms. Um, all of these were initiated during COVID, and all of these are currently online. And now, of course, as has been said, we're transitioning to in-person gatherings. Um, and we're really excited to meet together in person, but we will always keep our online programming because we found they really, really do enable us to reach many more people. The metro area is large. Not everyone has the ability to get out or to travel or is willing to get out yet. So we think that that will be something we didn't really consider that much before COVID and now it just seems like a natural part of everything we do. Yeah. Um, we also do some special events and virtual presentations, for example, bringing in, I mentioned national speakers such as doctors like Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Gregor and Barnard. And um, we reach out to local doctors and sort of medical celebrities as well. And many of these activities are replicated within our community by a committed group of Latinx vol volunteers who do their work um, in, in Spanish. And they, uh, they not only replicate what we have created in English, but they do original programming as well. So that's just a top line <laughs> of what we've been doing. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah, yeah, because your network is, you're an example if you're part of a really large network with all kinds of challenges as yeah. we all have, but um, yes, yeah. and, and you, you, you're mighty, you really are. And you have a mayor who has plants that are Oh, leaves. yes, I forgot That's to mention help. Mayor Adams. He's been a tremendous, just gives us, gives the whole concept of whole food plant-based nutrition um, a platform and a, a recognition in the city. And, and, and he's been doing great things in the, in the uh, area of nutrition. Right now, um, every public hospital in, the, in New York City, I think there's six, seven, six or seven of them, have to provide um, a vegan option as the default 
option for food in the hospital. Like people can order meat if they want, but the default is a plant-based meal. Which yeah, is I saw that. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, everyone. So we're going to transition. The last part is um, I. we have three general areas that we're going to discuss among the four um, pods here. Key elements of developing, sustaining, and challenges. I know COVID's going to come up, I'm sure. And um, growing the community. And, and we'd also then like to hear from our audience, if you have anything to add or questions. So, Mary Keith, if you want to pull down the slideshow. There we go. And let's start with the idea of key elements of developing and sustaining. I jotted down, I'll just start this going because I jotted down um, right before we were meeting, I jotted out some things I thought that in the nine years that I've done this support group, one would be consistency, that just consistent with a month to month platform, whatever you're offering, um, be it a meetings, in-person, Zoom, so that people know that you're there every month doing something. If not once, twice, three times, it depends. But there is a consistency there. There is communication. I think that has been really important that this, I, as I said, I do a monthly newsletter that on a MailChimp that goes out to many, many people where I communicate our events and what we've done and, and some are more thorough than the others, but, um, but also communication through the plat, the, you know, Facebook and social media um, and a contact, somebody can contact me. And the last one I just want to say is being inclusive, not include, but including people who are not, plant-based, those who are curious, those who might be, but also including other people to help. We, we've, you've, you've heard that word volunteers throughout all four, but you need, a, I found it essential that have people that enjoy cooking demos because I don't and do it very well um, so that you can bring in other points of view, other skills. So I'm going to move on and see what group does wants to answer this next. What leaders about key elements? You want to go to Stephanie and Justin? We want to keep in the order. <laughs> you have anything to add? I guess I'm asked. Sure. I think I think honestly, I mean, you hit on the biggest one, Sally, and you're we do have a monthly newsletter as well. Um, kind of uh, after seeing yours. And I think uh, Maya spoke about one at um, a pod leader event that I went to. Um, so that has been really helpful and the consistency piece as well. Um, and I think um, listening to members and what they want and what their interests are, like you said, you know, volunteers at like cooking demos, et cetera. And also, you know, what are people in the group asking for? Um, if there's a something that we put out and a bunch of questions come up about how to compost, for instance. Okay, well, let's find one of our members that knows how to compost and is somewhat of an expert and we'll do um, an activity around that. Another was, uh, it came up a lot in our potlucks, you know, how to interact with uh, omnivores about um, veganism. So we contacted Dr. Lee Edinger, um, who I met through uh, Whole Communities, which is another Center for Nutrition Studies kind of platform. Um, and he did a presentation for us on how to, uh, especially around the holidays, how to survive the holidays uh, with omnivores. So I think a big part of it is listening to the group and what they want and what they're interested in. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, all important, very important. Um, okay, let's move on. Maya and Dr. Riz, do you have things to add about your? Yes, um, I, I love the idea 
<clears throat> I agree about consistency. Um, that's something that we we lost. Uh, but I have been at least <laughs> I try to be consistent with the newsletter because that's my main way of outreaching. Um, and like I said, the podcast, but also there are other we have a couple of friends in different areas of Dallas who recently resume their jar swaps. And that's another way of bringing people together and bringing prepped ingredients. Everybody brings one ingredient at a time and then they share uh, the, the stuff. It's just another way of creating community and helping and encouraging one another in the whole food plant-based area. And so when these kind of events happen, we get invited uh, also to be part of the community. RIS will uh, address the group about a health topic. And like I said, we just resumed our walks and that <clears throat> it's amazing that even though we had this long gap, when we do decide to do something, people do come. And that's so encouraging. We lost our partnership with the library, but, you know, we can hold events outdoors. Um, so that's been able coming back to the consistency of doing our walks and still starting with the health topic and then still staying around to answer questions and concerns that some of our our people may have is also very helpful. Um, and just I just want to kind of add to what Lynn said or maybe say I was taking notes while she was talking because I love what Plant Power New York is doing. And it's something that I would like to have, which is rather than myself spreading myself thin, finding people to collaborate with and sharing in the skills and the talents so that everybody feels supported. Uh, so that's something that I really have learned. I know that both of us felt very burned out in 2019 before the pandemic. Um, and so it's given us time to really reflect on what we can do to make things a little bit smoother. And I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, what I would add is actually just reiterating what's been said, which is that consistency is important, that constantly touching uh, reaching out uh, to your community uh, and uh, making sure that they know that there's uh, that something exists. Uh, and so Maya's newsletter is, uh, you know, really very good. And she does that on a regular basis and it's very good at it. And then again, we've resumed um, our walk with the doc with it, which is um, consistent. It's every third Saturday of the month at noon, everybody knows it. And, and, and so the, the, the group is getting larger and, it's well known. And even if people don't come, they'll go, oh, I knew about it. And I'm sorry, I, I couldn't make it. But uh, um, the it's that consistency, which I think uh, helps maintain uh, the group. And then and then uh, I, again, these these things you're all bringing. It sounds like we're all bringing up the same salient points, which is uh, we can't just do this alone. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as leaders, we, you know, it's not you know, we, we've got these groups that we've helped establish, but we we do have to find help and get help. Uh, and get in interested parties and 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 get them involved and help have them help uh, participate. Yeah, and I just want to add one more thing before I forget about this. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, Sally, but we're Sally and I are part of another group um, that encourages and supports pot leaders. Um, it's now called Pot Ad Action. Um, committee <laughs> pack and it's really revived we've been doing this for two years and it's been a group of about averaging about nine individuals that come together with talents and skills and ideas and we've been brainstorming on how we can support other pod leaders throughout the world and it's revived so much in me it's given me so much energy that I feel like pack is my pod like I feel very supported. And, uh, and so I find so much value in that. Uh, Stephanie mentioned one of our events that we held at the end of the year. Um, well, we held two, but one of them was a summit where we offered free classes to pod leaders to come on board and, and learn about how you can support your pod locally or even virtually, as a lot of us have done now. So Yeah, yeah I think that something we learned from the pandemic is that uh, utilizing these new technologies, specifically Zoom, uh, uh, is it's a, it's a tool that adds to what we can do. Uh, you know, so uh, we we should we should learn that it's not now that we're getting back together in person. It doesn't mean we throw Zoom away, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we can still utilize it. I see we have one of our attendees is uh, 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 is it Rochelle uh, Wilder who's on here and. Uh, she's invited me to give a talk to her group and we're going to try to, uh, I have, we haven't spoken in person yet, but we're going to try to utilize that platform to open up to all of the pod communities. Uh, and that way 
we have a large event where uh, I'm not just speaking to her group, but uh, allowing everybody else to participate as well. Great, great. Um, let's move on to New York. Yes. Yes. So I'd like to pick up on what Maya and Dr. Riz said about um, developing a strong volunteer network, because that's the uh, biggest element for us in, in developing and sustaining our pod. Um, we empower volunteers to take action in the areas that, that suit them best. Not everybody's good at everything, but we do need help. Nobody can do this work on their own. So we have um, four kinds of volunteers. We kind of group them together. Ambassadors, these are the door openers, people who will go out into the community and, and create a relationship with an organization that we could work with or who have strong ties to a particular community. Um, educators are the healthcare professionals and the culinary experts who can deliver content like a talk or, um, or uh, a cooking demonstration. Then we have project-based volunteer, project volunteers for short-term tasks like um, tabling at events or serving as mentors. And, and then the, the biggest category for us are our network organizers. These are the volunteers who take on a real organizing role, bringing whole food plant-based nutrition to a specific um, geographic organizing area, a geographic area or a demographic or affinity group or institution and help us to build partnerships to affect changes for those communities who actually create events so that it's not just the same two or three people trying to put all the pieces together every time we want to do something. Um, these um, these are, are people who really have committed to spending some time working with us. Um, we have monthly volunteer meetings and we are doing quite a bit of informal training with our volunteers. Um, uh, and also we do more formal training like what we do for what we call our lifestyle mentorship program. And we're also planning to train our people on other types of, of skills, such as outreach techniques, how to give a, an effective cooking demonstration, because we need more and more of that, um, making presentations and other sort of hard skills. So support and training is what we think really helps us build our network and gives us the capacity to just multiply our efforts. Yes. I just have to add there, because we've all talked about the need of having, you know, volunteers, having other people there. And I found it helpful. I realized when you say who wants to, many times people don't raise their hand or get in touch. But if you say, hey, you know, Jim, would you like to do something on, um, you know, planting on microgreens? Then they, sometimes if you actually ask them, it's, you'll get that, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Maybe I would, yeah. Well, would and go. also, I think sometimes people need more of a structured environment. If you ask who wants to volunteer, at the very first meeting we had um, five years ago, where we had about 15 people, and Leanna said, who'd like to, these are all great ideas, who, who'd like to help? And I, I raised my hand. Um, when you just ask people to help, it can be a little daunting, but if you give them a specific role and you say, we need help with this, yeah. or what, what do you like to do? What are you good at? Not everyone's a great speaker, but they, they're happy to work behind the scenes. Maybe they can write some copy. Maybe they'll write your newsletter. Maybe they'll manage your, your mentorship network, which is a lot of you know matching people, but it's in the background. It doesn't mean you have to be on screen somewhere or at the front of a room giving up presentation not everybody wants to do that so we give the we break up the roles so that everyone can find something that they are happy to do and something that's you know really needed yeah good so let's say that we have time for question and answer i'm sort of going to combine the last two because challenges i have a feeling we're all going to say getting people with covid is going to be way up there so <laughs> because that that we did, did lose a lot of momentum there. 
But so I'm going to combine them and ask them about um, the two ideas of challenges, but also the other side is, okay, growing your community. You know, what kind of strategies that do you offer to grow your communities that others might be interested in? So I'll, I'll Stephanie and Justin, do you have any thoughts on those for you? Sally, may I say, may I say one more comment before we oh, go yes, on to Dr. that? I thought you were uh, waiting at somebody in the audience. No, I? no, I because uh, I, I would like to respond to some of our friends in the audience, but I, okay. I don't know how. So and I, I figure if I hit a button, I might we might disappear. So I don't want to do that. Um, no, you know, there's one thing that I, I, I have come from watching Maya participate in the PAC, the Pod uh, Action Committee, is that. Uh, you guys are just doing a tremendous thing of connecting pods together as well. You know, so we're talking about a grassroots movement where you've got the local community. So a pod develops that local community. Uh, and then uh, what I've seen now is the pods themselves are now at the next level getting together. And I find that fascinating, amazing, and wonderful because now you're connecting separate multiple separate groups of people uh and and that's taking it that's now coalescing these these pods and uh uh you know it, 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 i'm an, a fan of american history so i can say it's like we had each of these colonies that developed separately and then they came together uh and they developed something greater okay uh and that's what i see you guys doing and i would like to encourage that and uh and so as people develop their pods start to start making relationships with other pods and and uh and that speaks directly to what i was just getting at a second ago is when i give this talk in the near future rather than me giving this talk to a small group of people i would like to invite all of our pods to participate announce it and so suddenly it can be instead of a talk to 50 people it might be a talk to 200 people or 500 people uh and and so our outreach then becomes bigger. And so I really do like what you guys are doing at that level. And uh, I, I'd like to encourage the pods to start to create their own network of communication. I so, agree. Thank you. Uh, That's, it's really rewarding to be part of this and to have, I'm looking at how many pod leaders are listening to us now, let alone we'll look at the recording. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm just going to mention that as part of the, the action committee that we do have a pod leadership directory that was meant to so that people can get together, look up um, who, what pods are nearby or what are pods doing. We have a speaker directory. And if you're not sure anything about that, you can always get back to me at plantbasedpittsburgh.com, you know, contact me. And Nathaniel, it looks like Nathaniel is willing to be chairman of the National Pod <laughs> Conference, huh? I, I volunteer Nathaniel. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Which is similar. Okay. So um, as we, yes, I love conferences. So as we, yeah, some final words here from each of the leaders, um, Stephanie and Justin, things that you want to add? Well, um, like, I guess in terms of like figuring out our growth, it's like, it's like trying to like, gauge people and see what that initial spark was in the community. Like, what was it? What was your aha moment? What was the thing that brought you here? Like, was it because you had some kind of chronic condition? Was it because, you know, whatever it is, like, what's something you think might help engage someone in a similar situation? And like, it, it seems pretty obvious, but we, um, we brought it to our members. We, we had our potluck. We had a nice discussion about what brought us to whole food plant-based lifestyle. And what came out of that is like, you know, everyone seemed pretty in, like energized in trying to like grow our membership. Uh, so it, actually our next potluck is going to be, oh, hey, bring a friend. Yeah. Come check it out. Because we're not here to judge. We just want to like share it. We want to we want to share are like what we've learned and what has brought us good health. And it's just like, um, we literally bring him to bring him to the table. <laughs> so, so personal, one way to grow pots is the 
the power of personal stories. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you two are great examples. So yeah. Keep it up. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, um, one of the other two pods that you want to, I know, Lynn, you had something to say on, on growing and staining. Yeah, sure. Um, for us, um, you know, COVID was terrible, but for us, it had one good effect, and that is that um, being in New York City, the cost of getting people together is very expensive. It's just very expensive to find public space. And we went from two to three events a month to three to five weekly events virtually, like overnight. And um, it, it, we, it, it was just something we had never even thought of before. I mean, the idea of doing a cooking demo without being able to taste the food, but it it does work. Um, secondly, um, you know, New York City is saturated with activities. There's so many existing vegan and health groups. Even cutting through the noise is, is so difficult. So we found that working through local community organizations makes it much more effective to reach new audiences and people who will be interested in our message rather than trying to market one-on-one. -on -one. So our, our biggest outreach strategy really is our connections to community organizations. Instead of trying to get people to come to us, we go where they are. Um, community centers, health and veg fairs, faith-based communities. We've been running a series in a church that somebody just walked into and said, would you be interested? <laughs> um, senior centers, we've done, found a lot of interest in senior centers. Unfortunately, they're the sickest and the youngest people don't know yet that they're creating a problem for themselves that will evidence later. Um, and recently we've gotten interest from uh, hospitals who want us to train their residents and their staff um, in health food, plant-based nutrition. Um, I guess maybe they're hearing, you know, from what's going on with the mayor and all that they have to start teaching the patients and they don't know enough themselves. So, but the goal here is not just to reach you know, random people or a lot of people, but to create partnerships where these organizations take on the message and start building whole food plant-based into their own offerings and activities. We, we wanna sort of create change agents everywhere we go and then move on to somewhere new. So um, that's been really important for our growth. And um, we talked a bit about communication before. We, I totally agree. Regular communication is important. We have a weekly newsletter. We have a website, uh, social media. Um, but from the beginning, the regularity of communication it wasn't always weekly, but now it is. Um, and always having a next event queued up is important. So we can always be telling people about yeah. the next event. And also having a website that appeals to mainstream audiences we don't ever use the term vegan. We focus on Main Street, uh, uh, sorry, mainstream health issues. We we don't use um, we we don't talk about vaccines. We don't talk about alter alternative medicine, and we bring the authority of medical professions to everything that we teach. Um, so, you know, the whole idea is to build the legitimacy of our message and and the organization. Right. Right. Good. Po oh, excellent points. Yes. Very good. Thanks, Lynn. And um, I want to go to Maya and Riz and hear their um, final information. And in the meantime, um, encourage anybody that's listening to it now to put a question or comment in the chat. Okay. So. Great tips. I'm still taking notes, Lynn. I'm learning a lot from you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to mention something that has not been mentioned because I agree with everything else that has already been said. Uh, I find a lot of value on going on other people's podcasts. And that's exactly where my focus has begun in terms of how I can spread my message. So rather than going to the same podcasters that are covering plant-based nutrition, I go outside of that 
to people who have audiences where my audience may be sort of like how Lynn said, where are our people that uh, are willing to hear our message? You know, the markets and the fairs and all that. I go to on the podcast where my average listener can be found and doesn't know that they need my information. And I find so much value. I've said this before, but I I do promote promote health. My podcast is health based. And I brought brought on a sobriety coach to talk about why it's, you know, the steps towards going sober and support group that she developed. She invited me as a result of listening to my podcast. Uh, She went and bought Dr. Gregor's book. And she said, will you speak to my group in South Africa? And I did it virtually. And I and they said, where's your course, we want to buy your course. You never know who is willing to hear your message um, outside of because we always think, oh, vegan, plant based, or I agree to stay away from the word vegan. That's me. Um, but uh, where is your audience? Where can they be found? There are podcasters have already built their community and their listeners. All you have to do is step in and share your message. And so that's what I do. So I just wanted to encourage you in that. And, and um, I don't know if we just wanted to add anything else. Yeah, that's that's been one of my problems is that when I give talks, I feel like I'm already speaking to the choir and um, I want to find a way to get this message to people who've never heard it before. And and that's that's a a particular challenge. And I I love what she's talking about, which is you just go on podcasts that aren't particularly about plant based nutrition or aren't particularly about veganism. Um, and, and you get a whole new audience who's never heard the message before. Uh, and so we're looking for opportunities like that, you know, uh, and then, and then that's where we bring new people into the fold. So I'll stop with that. And, and one more thing that I forgot to add on that is that it, it, then you're catering to your virtual audience like you would anyway, um, and you're building your newsletter. So you're still staying in contact despite the distance. Maybe also you can encourage people to, to create their own pod locally in areas where pods are not found. So it's a, to me, it's a win-win um, way. And also you practice kind of telling your story and, and um, it, it's just such a, a wonderful way to do it. And since it hadn't been mentioned, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's a great, yes. We all, I think there's a theme here, yes. Yeah, we always mention a landing page uh, to our new, to- uh, so that people can then sign up and then become a part of our community, mm-hmm. so. Right, right, that connectiveness. Right. And I found like, I just got an email last night from a a local librarian, libraries that are now, they have a lot of adult education and they look for speakers, they look for topics and they look at what other libraries in their system have done. So um, community groups, libraries that, you know, offering this information and then you volunteer and you never know. You know, well, as you said, people are open to it, even if you plant one seed. Yeah. So what I'll say is, for example, I, t- I title my talk Cardiovascular Disease and Nutrition. It's that simple. So uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't pigeonhole me into something. And yet people will be interested. They want to know about heart disease. They want to know about nutrition, how they're related. Um, uh, but it doesn't say, okay, veganism and cardiovascular disease or plant-based nutrition uh, and so then there's uh, people who are who are more willing to listen and then uh, and then hear the topic. Yeah, we want our we want our message to be approachable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. OK, well, we have two minutes left for any questions here. Anybody? I don't see any. Or unless I'm missing something. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you want to say the vegan, the word vegan is not spoken? Yeah, Yeah, uh, I'm the one who said that. And um, it's just, it can be very polarizing. Um, And people may ask questions about it. People say, what's the difference between whole food, plant-based and vegan? And we explain it. We are very open to connections with the vegan community. We have connections with the vegan community. But um, as when you're doing outreach, it just can be a polarizing term. Yeah. Yeah. Great. 
Well, we know that, Lee, you said you're part in Winnipeg. You know, we know you have a great leader there. Um, you have a really um, wonderful part. That's good to hear. Well, it looks like our time is up. I am inspired from the other, here in the other three pots. So this is so much fun. And if you have a, you know, you can certainly email me at plantbasedpittsburgh.com or go through. Oh, let me, a final note. I was supposed to tell everybody to subscribe to the We Did It Health YouTube before we hang up here. Um, and you will, you can share a recording of the show, certainly. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for putting this together, Sally. Thank yeah. you very much. This has been a, a lot of fun, and I think it's been great information. Thank yeah. you, everyone. Yeah, so motivating. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank yeah. everyone for coming. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Yep.